with billions of connected consumer devices now on the market and billions more soon to follow, there's need for a strong global baseline for IoT security and the next generation of consumer products. Through the World Economic Forum's Council of the Connected World, leaders representing more than 400 organizations globally collaborated to recognize an emerging consensus on baseline cybersecurity provisions for consumer IoT devices. So what does this mean? Why was it necessary? Hi, thanks for joining us again. I'm Gary Cohen with the Industrial Cybersecurity Pulse podcast. Joining me as always is Tyler Wall. Hello, hello. Happy to have you guys back with us today for our momentous third podcast. I'm not sure why it's momentous, but I'm sticking with that. Mm -hmm. um, we, we actually have quite a, a bit of interesting stuff to cover today, not the least of which is what we talked about in the intro, the idea of IoT security and this need to, uh, to really fortify this wave of products that are coming onto the market. We also have a great guest with us today, Hayden Povey. He's the founder of Secure Things, Chief Strategy Officer at AIR, AIR Systems. Uh, and he is going to talk to us about, <laughs> I, this has stuck with me since the moment he said it, what he called our, quote, compulsive need to connect things to the internet. He wasn't saying <laughs> it was a bad thing. He was just saying we are connecting more and more devices. And the more devices we connect, the more dangerous the world becomes. Oh, yeah. We're definitely entering a more um, <clears throat> digitally dependent age, for sure. Just like like what you just said, we have like this this need to have everything connected, like whether that's smart home technology, uh, being able to just control our lights, air conditioning, anything from anywhere. Smart toasters exist now. I saw one on Amazon the other day. So we're living in a world where um, being connected uh, to the internet and everything that that is attached to is just becoming very regular. Right. And, you know, we're obviously usually talking about industrial cybersecurity, but like Tyler said, in your home, if you've got, you know, a Nest system controlling your HVAC, if you've got a ring doorbell in your front door, generally these things are connected to the Internet. And there have been tons of studies and instances that have shown uh, oftentimes, thankfully, white hat hackers will, you know, somebody will be sitting at home and somebody will begin talking through their Nest system to them because they've hacked into the system just to show them how easy it is. When you blow that out to an industrial level where you think about bu building automation systems and people hacking uh, elevators that are connected, HVAC systems that are connected, electrical systems that are connected, water systems that are connected, then things get can get a little bit uh, a little bit hairier. Yeah, and just a couple of weeks ago, I was at the Black Hat event in Las Vegas at their Omdia Analyst Summit where they were discussing a variety of topics, but... Um, one of the speakers there, her name was Maxine Holt, uh, discussed um, digital dependence and the importance of uh, cyber resilience. And really, she she talked about a bunch of different things, um, but the main key uh, takeaways definitely were that cybersecurity risk is really ever present in the world, especially as we are connecting more IoT devices and um, just becoming more connected. And then that there are kind of three different eras of cybersecurity technology that we've gone through and continue to go through um, that are preventative, uh, which is related to like the first attacks and learning from those attacks, reactive, which is assuming that a breach has occurred, um, detecting it and then mitigating it to the best of your ability, and then being proactive, which is just continuous monitoring, uh, has a lot to do with zero trust and reducing attack services. Um, and basically, her main her main points at the end of the day were just that resilience is important and just 
being able to be adaptive and flexible as a company is crucial to uh, excellent cybersecurity, if you will. And if you go into manufacturing, and this is something that Hayden Povey is going to talk about in our interview, is there's so many companies, it all comes down to that ITOT divide. We talk about it all the time. Everybody talks about it all the time. But OT systems are generally not as secure. They're older systems. There, in fact, was um, somebody earlier this week a, uh, testified in front of the house on industrial control systems on OT and actually came out. I think his name was Virgil Gibson. He's a senior advisor at Idaho National Laboratory. And he said in testimony before the House Subcommittee on Cybersecurity uh, Infrastructure Protection and Innovation that OT is much more vulnerable to malicious cyber attacks and information technology. And a lot of that is simply that IT is protected by information technology people, and OT often is not. So uh, Hayden Povey, when he was talking to us, said, you know, the I asked him what the biggest guy, and you'll, you'll hear this, the biggest problem that he has with his customers. And he basically said, it's just getting started, getting on a path, starting the process of adopting cybersecurity practices. And then, you know, when you think about uh, whether it's a manufacturing facility or critical infrastructure, water, wastewater, you know, electrical, colonial pipeline, JBS, all these big companies that have been hit. Uh, if they are not on a path, that becomes very dangerous. I mean, yeah, I think it came out after Colonial Pipeline was hit that they didn't have a chief information security officer on staff. This wasn't something they had. Mm, yeah. And I know recently, like a, it was a couple of years ago, there was a, a cyber attack on um, an Indian nuclear power plant. And uh, it was really just because of their negligence, essentially. Um, and their what how they handled it there's uh cybersecurity specifically and it has changed since this attack because it was just a learning point from the for the for them um but basically they relied on an air gap system between um their uh, industrial control systems and uh their actual networks and the problem with that is uh they didn't have any other um forms of cybersecurity for those ot systems so once the attackers were able to get past that air gap, I mean, it's just free reign. They can do as they will. Now, in this case, they didn't really get too far. It seemed like a very passive, but if they had been more uh, wanting to cause actual harm uh, with this nuclear facility, then they absolutely could have. Yeah, I'll bring up one more point. This also comes back to Black Hat. Um, I attended one of the two keynotes, a Thursday keynote, was a journalist, Kim Zetter, who's written for Wired and a number of other places, but has written on technology and cybersecurity for years and years and years. Uh, and her talk was called Pre-Stuxnet, Post-Stuxnet, Everything Has Changed, Nothing Has Changed. And uh, it was really just about as depressing as the, title, as the title would suggest, is that you know when Stuxnet happened, which was 2010, uh, it, it shined a light on vulnerabilities in critical infrastructure and that people hadn't really thought about the fact that physical systems could be hacked, the damage could be done to phys physical systems, raised a lot of alarm bells. A lot of people, uh, you know, spoke out about it, but not a ton has happened in the intervening 12 years since Stuxnet. I mean, uh, her contention is that when she talks to companies, they are still unprepared. A lot of the same things are still happening. The attackers are still way ahead uh, for a number of reasons. People aren't 
you know, like again, Colonial was the one that she really pointed out as an example of this is you look at this and it's almost the same kind of attack that that happened on Stuxnet, not the way that they got in or what happened to it, but the lack of cybersecurity, the lack of preparedness, you know, we've now known for 10 years or more, she, she contended that you could go all the way back to the Oklahoma City bombing in the 1990s, oh. that these things are, that, that they are being targeted, that they are susceptible to cyber attack. Uh, government and subcommittees have been saying for years that we need to adopt standards and it's still really not happening. And that's, and I'm not saying it's not happening anywhere. I'm sure there are companies out there that are doing their best with cybersecurity and it's easy for Tyler and I to sit here and call companies negligent, but, <laughs> um, but you know, there are a lot of companies that just haven't gotten on the path, don't have a proper emergency response plan. Like she pointed out that with Colonial, they had an emergency response plan, but it didn't include ransomware. Yeah. And ransomware is what they got hit with. Right, right. Yeah, so I mean, it's just, it's trying to push manufacturers and these plants um, in the direction of taking more of a proactive approach rather than a reactive approach. Right, absolutely. And, you know, the ransomware is the thing that's proliferating right now, uh, seems to be still on the rise at the very least. It's happening a lot. Um and, you know, people, as we've talked about in a previous podcast, people who are using ransomware are generally looking for a quick payout. They're looking for a pain point and a significant pain point. So you will pay quickly and you will pay exorbitantly. And people's information obviously is worthwhile. But if you think about OT networks, where then you get into, you know, human life and safety, environmental safety, you can imagine the sort of high ransoms that would be out there. And now that, you know, OT systems are getting targeted, it is something that a lot more attention needs to be paid to. So um, yeah, it's it, luckily things like Colonial Pipeline, although it was significant and there was some re reputational damage to Colonial and there were runs on gas pumps, there was no significant physical harm that happened with that one. But you can imagine the path that this could go down. Hopefully it will not. But uh, but all of this speaks to the need for greater cybersecurity hygiene. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And with that, I think we'll transition back to Hayden Povey, our guest for today, who is not all, only talking about critical infrastructure, but we'll be talking a lot about connecting these Internet of Things devices. Obviously, there's huge business benefits, streamlining that happens with connecting things to the Internet. It's a, a, a huge, it can save, you know, millions to billions of dollars for companies that make things easier, especially as people with the pandemic and beyond have moved to more remote environments. It allows a lot of that. So there are huge business benefits to having more and more things connected to the internet, but it's undeniable that this increases the threat landscape and it's something that really needs to be considered. So let's bring in Hay Hayden here. Hayden is, as I said before, the founder of Secure Things and the chief strategy officer at IAR Systems with a focus on developing and delivering next generation security technology for the IoT and other connected systems. He's also a current member of the executive steering board of the IoT Security Foundation and has been working in senior management at leading global tech companies for more than 20 years. Welcome, Hayden. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Gary. So I want to start off by, we'll just kind of get a baseline on the state of cybersecurity and IoT right now. So um, looking at 2022 and beyond, what are the trends and challenges that you see? There's a, a wide array of 
challenges. And I think we see this all the time with things like the colonial pipeline attacks and solar winds attacks uh, and others that uh, attacks are really everywhere. Compromises are just a natural part of complex systems. And with the advent of the Internet of Things, this is actually going to get worse. In many ways, the IoT stretches that boundary between traditional IT systems and operational technology and um, is really at that fulcrum of cyber physical systems. And the reality is that that's where we are seeing more and more pernicious attacks, attacks which don't just impact data, but they impact the physical world as well, whether that is uh, affecting oil pipelines uh, or drilling, whether it's water treatment, um, whether it is manufacturing plants, all of these devices where we're adding connectivity are also uh, opening attack vectors. That makes sense. So when you're dealing with customers, what are some of the biggest security challenges they tell you they're having? The simplest one is where do we start? Security is a, a massive challenge and it impacts so much of what we do and so much of the systems. From simple things like passwords and moving to proper cryptographic authentication through to how to manage vulnerabilities and what are the update capabilities. These are things which are just fundamental hygiene moving forward, but they're in everything. If we look at something simple like an update because we find a compromise, how do you let all of your customers know that there is a challenge? And how and when do they have to update? If you're in a critical system, you may have to wait until there is specific downtime. It has to be scheduled in. You need to make sure that those updates are applied without bricking the system. Many uh, industrial manufacturing systems are on 24-7. So the application of updates and the management of security has to take into regard the realities of these industrial systems. And with industrial systems, it can become even more complicated because they could be older legacy systems and updates may not be available or harder to run as well. Uh, absolutely. Uh, in my history, I've uh, worked with many systems from good old 4 to 20 milliamps through foundation field bus to modern uh, internet systems. And the reality is there are lots of these different systems out there. Um, they are interworking at some level. And so we have to understand where do we put in DMZs, demilitarized zones? Do we uh, assume that the attacker is always on the outside? Or do we realize from a mid modern perspective that the attacker is often on the inside or they have a vector of attack inside of the DMZ? So we have to look at how all of those things are, are put together. We can leverage some of the standards like IEC 62443, which defines levels of security that we need from level one, which is perhaps a misconfiguration or uh, a lightweight attack, all the way through to level four, where we have to protect against uh, nation state uh, attacks with practically infinite resources. So we have to build the frameworks which can scale, 
which are cost effective and which are right for the industrial marketplace. That makes perfect sense. So recently you announced your active support for the Consumer IoT Security Statement of Support presented through the World Economic Forum's Council mm -hmm. of the Connected World. Um, this statement talks about five key capabilities for setting a baseline for security. Can you walk us through those? Yeah, absolutely. So we've mentioned three of them already. Uh, and these are in many ways from a cybersecurity perspective, hygiene, but it's amazing how many people don't have this in their systems. So when we're looking at purchasing components for our industrial control system, we have to think about these. They are things like proper identity. So moving away from traditional passwords to proper cryptographic authentication. Now that has an impact in that every device has to be truly unique. And our modern manufacturing systems aren't actually geared for that. So we have to think about provisioning and uh, application of secure programming. The second one is actually a vulnerability disclosure policy. Every organization needs to sell their products with a policy for how long they're going to manage and maintain that, what happens when something goes wrong, how white hat uh, attackers can contact them to say, you've got a, a flaw, you need to do something about it and how they respond positively and engage uh, with those sort of white hat attackers. The third, not surprisingly, then is updates. Given that we will always have compromises in our systems, we live in an imperfect world. How do you deal with that? And especially in the industrial domain, how do you enable that to be scheduled in? Beyond that, there is privacy of data. The data that we collect on our devices, whether they're consumer or industrial, belongs to the people who have implemented that system. And too often today, we find that our private data is exfiltrated and used to sell us goods. You don't want that from a private perspective. You certainly don't want that in an industrial domain. Just because it's an IoT device does not mean it should be sending data across the network. And the fifth one, really specifically for the consumer domain, but it does also have ramifications in the industrial, is that all data, once the device has been finished with, should be eviscerated, has to be removed. When you're selling on a good, whether it is a refrigerator or whether it's a industrial pump, we need to make sure that that can be reset back to a known state which doesn't take with it any of your data or any of your setup. So there's a broad set here. And the question is often, why are the World Economic Forum uh, involved in, in such a technical domain? It's a strange thing for them to get into there, typically talking about how to rebuild the global economy or what to do about uh, Africa or global poverty. And the reality is uh, actually this level of cybersecurity is so fundamental to the world economy today. It is so critical to keeping critical national infrastructure moving, transportation systems moving, food production operating, and all of these sort of things that it becomes a component of the global infrastructure. Um, so 
it's really important that this shout out from the World Economic Forum, it goes to the global leaders, the Fortune 500 uh, executives who attend, and of course, the uh, governmental and uh, NGOs which attend the Davos event. Security is a fundamental right of every person and of every system. And we have to make sure that it's fit for purpose for the 21st century. So I understand you were invited by the World Economic Forum as an embedded in security expert. What did you talk about? Um, really, many of the things that we've just talked about here, how security is such a foundational requirement to industrial systems. If we look back uh, at where we've been for the last 20 years, we talk about machine to machine communications, and that's fantastic. And it's certainly moved a lot forward from the old four to 20 milliamps that I mentioned earlier. But as we move to the IoT, there's actually a big difference. With machine to machine, we know what is intended to be in our system. The PLCs or the uh, distributed control systems, the SCADA systems, we understand the vendors and there's a level of trust between those different vendors. With the advent of the IoT, we actually have very little understanding of what else is going to be in our system. It is the innovation that that delivers, which is the strength of the IoT, but it also comes with the risk. I don't know what my engineer is theoretically going to place on my OT system. How do I onboard that? How do I manage it? How do I update it? How do I offboard it at the end of its life in a safe and secure way? These things have major impacts on, as I say, critical national infrastructure. We've seen too often transportation taken down, power grids taken down, water treatment plants polluted with fluorine releases. These things are becoming more and more commonplace. And as we move from a model of traditional warfare to cyber warfare between nation states, this is only going to grow and every company, every organization is at risk. That makes perfect sense. Thanks. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a little frightening, but it makes perfect sense when you think about it as critical infrastructure, all these processes from food and agriculture to water, wastewater to nuclear. Uh, now that those are all online, all hackable, and it makes it uh, a riskier world, but probably better for business processes, but a little riskier for everything else. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't lose sleep over it. Do something about it. <laughs> Sounds good. Outstanding, Hayden. Thank you so much for being with us today. And especially with the time difference, you're in England, we're in the US. So it's a, it's a little tough to schedule. But thanks for being with us today. Thank you very much. And there you have it. Another great conversation, this time with Hayden Povey, talking about IoT devices. And uh, I, I found it really interesting. I mean, the World Economic Forum uh, is not something I think about tackling problems like cybersecurity. It's usually like millionaires and billionaires in Davos talking about uh, about the economy. But the as, as Hayden said, all of this is so wrapped up now. Cybersecurity and Fortune 500 companies and 100 companies, I mean, if those are hit, it can have a significant impact on the economy to the point where now they do need to be thinking about cybersecurity. Davos needs to be thinking about cybersecurity. Yeah, and I also, I like what he said about... Um how important it is to keep up a 
optimal level of cybersecurity um, within the world economy. So like in the different critical infrastructures and like including like transportation, food, all of those important things in order to keep everything running. Because I mean, like, as we've said in this podcast and previous ones, it's just still easy for threat actors to get in. And so trying to keep up uh, those levels of security, specifically with IoT, is imperative. Yeah, and I mean, if you haven't taken a look at it, go to the World Economic Forum's Council of the Connected World website. Those five key capabilities for setting a baseline for IoT security, I think are valuable. I mean, it's not reinventing the wheel, but it's about setting standard cybersecurity hygiene. Every industry is going to be a little bit different. Like if you look at regulations and standards, different industries will be regulated in different ways, will be held to different standards. But if you take these baseline approaches to cybersecurity and do the fundamentals right, that's going to guard you against a high percentage of the threat that's out there. Yeah, setting that baseline for cybersecurity is really important. I mean, even if it doesn't protect you from everything, at least it, it's just a start. Yeah, you um, got to start somewhere. Exactly, exactly. So that was our interview with Hayden Povey. Um, for more great content, visit us at industrialcybersecuritypulse.com, um, where you will also be able to find this podcast. And we are dropping these podcasts every Tuesday. So make sure you tune in next time. Uh, my name is Tyler Wall, and thanks for joining us today. I'm Gary Cohen. We'll be back with you next week. Thanks, everyone.